0: friends what follows is not for the faint of heart we bring you tales of the paranormal human wickedness the curious and the bizarre please if you continue proceed with caution and an open mind we are the queen city
1: creeps hello and welcome back to Queen City Creeps, your favorite paranormal, true crime, and all things weird podcast. Uh, as always, it's me, Sarah, here with Jennifer, Michael, and Shelby. Say hey, guys. Hey, hey guys. guys. hey yo. <laughs> and uh, just to kick things off, what are you guys currently watching right now? John Wick. You're a liar. John Wick. You're watching Riverdale.
2: And Riverdale. <laughs>
0: I spent, like, three hours yesterday watching Mr. Pickles, which is a story about a satanic border collie. Oh.
1: Nice.
0: It's fantastic, honestly. I'm, I'm intrigued.
1: intrigued. Wait, and that's a movie or a show?
0: No, it's a show. It, it's on Adult Swim. Oh, okay. Like, at three in the morning when no one else would ever watch it, but I was kind of into it, so I was like,
1: eh. So the dog's name is Mr. Pickles. The
0: dog's name is Mr. Pickles.
1: And he is a demon in a border collie body. Border collie body?
0: No, I think it's just a border collie. Just really oh. into the devil. But he's he's, like... <laughs> You know, like they as are. You do. You know, yeah, they, you do. they have preferences, just like the rest right. of us. But
1: satanist?
0: <laughs> no, no, Mr. Pickles. Uh, the the big overarching issue with this is that uh, the grandpa, who is you know seen as old and senile, mm-hmm. is the only one that ever sees Mr. Pickles do any of the crazy shit that he does. Oh, where he's like it, he keeps like murdering let's say, hookers, for example, and then, like, (laughs) he cuts off their legs and, like, puts them on his legs as stilts and then puts on, like, their their sexy outfits and then goes and gets money so that he can go buy adult magazines that he then, like, throws all over the grandpa's room and gets him in trouble the next day.
1: So is the dog stripping and that's how he gets money?
0: Yeah, well, that's how you do it whenever you have stripper legs and stripper clothes.
1: (laughs) Because that's all it takes to be a stripper. Yeah. Yeah. In my experience, yes. Oh, right on. Right on. Uh, Jennifer, what are you watching? I just started this new show yesterday um, called For the People. It's like one of those Shonda Rhimes shows. It's on like ABC. Mm. It's actually pretty good. It's about like a bunch of different, like new um, lawyers that are just going into either being a public defender or a prosecutor. It's actually pretty good. Nice. So. Um, I have been binging the new season of Jessica Jones uh, that came out on Netflix a couple of weeks ago and we finished Sneaky Pete on Amazon Prime and had to start something mm. new um also the new season of spirit which is an animated series on netflix it that my that horse? yes it's a little oh. girl named lucky and her horse and they ride around and my daughter loves it it's really funny it's actually really charming if you have kids you should watch it but i don't, I don't. Can, can
0: i still it. do that yes yes, <laughs> yes. Okay, it's cool.
1: wonderful you would actually really like it shelby i just
0: want to make sure there wasn't a, a disclaimer at the start that said hey 28 year old guy <laughs>
1: Don't Seriously, turn this off. I mean, Netflix might judge you. You might get called out on Twitter if you're a lonely 28-year-old guy and everything else is Mr. Pickles. All right, cool. Well, we have kind of covered uh, true crime in our first episode. Our second episode was All Things Weird. Uh, We talked about Helltown. So check those out if you haven't yet. And today, I want to talk to you guys about the Hinsdale house. I wanted to tell you guys a story about a haunted house. The first one to come to mind, of course, was Amityville. Um, But that just seems really overdone. So I specifically Googled something that was a creepy haunted house, but wasn't, you know, super well-known.
0: I mean, Amityville was only overdone by the time the alien showed up in, like, the third one.
1: Exactly. Fourth one. I don't know.
0: There were, like, 19 of those things. I don't remember when the alien showed up, but that's when it stopped being interesting.
1: And I really like the original Amityville, (laughs) but I will watch Ryan Reynolds run around scared for a long time. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so the second one's good, too. That
2: one was legit scary.
1: Have you seen the original one? I haven't seen the original one. It's amazing. Well, then you get Mm. to
0: watch James Brolin run scary, which is pretty Mm. cool, too. Yeah, he
1: doesn't look as good in wet sleeper pants as Ryan Reynolds does. But, okay, we can agree to disagree. Gotta. Regardless. (laughs) We should watch it. It's really good. Okay. So, Yes. Okay, so I came across this story. It is called the Hinsdale House or the Dandy House. I actually refer to it mostly as the Dandy House um, because the majority of the hauntings only happen when the Dandy family live there. Also, mm. it's really fun to say Dandy.
2: Sure. So,
1: there. Um, there's some information online. There's just a lot of synopsis. Um, so, I went in and I found Echoes of a Haunting Revisited. It's by Clara M. Miller, and it's actually the mother Um, that lived in this house and had her kids and everything like that there. So, um, basically Clara's book recounts the events that happened to the family between July 1973 and October of 1974. Uh, So just to kind of sum up the family, because there's going to be a lot of random people running in and out of this story. The majority of them are under the age of 18, so I'm not going to call everybody by their names except for the main key players, the family members. Um, So you have Clara, the mom. Um, She worked for a university in Buffalo, New York for a long time. Um, There's the husband, Phil. They've been together since they were very young and were, you know, having a little bit of a trying time. I think a lot of people do once their kids reach their teens and they've been together for forever.
0: Or if you're married to somebody named Phil. Or if you're married <laughs> to somebody named Phil.
1: <laughs> Phil worked, if I recall correctly, I feel like it was at like a car manufacturing company, like as a, a lineman, but kind of mm-hmm. higher up. So he made decent money doing this. Um, they have four children and the kids are all really close in age. There's Mike, who's 14. There's Beth, that's 13. There's Laura, who's age 10, and there's Mary, who's age 8. And that's in 1970 when they buy the house. So they find this dream home. It's in southern New York State. It's about an hour from where they currently live. But they're like, meh, hour commute both ways. Not a big deal. That sounds horrible. It's totally fine. We can do this.
0: Those pre gas crisis, though. So not.
1: Yeah. Where is this at again? Uh, southern New York State, so about an hour from Buffalo, New York. Oh,
0: you could so. still drive your waterbed van from, you know, an hour north of your house, and it'd cost you like 75 cents. So yeah. it's it's mm. fine.
1: Well, sure. and, you know, I'm sure they are worried about school systems, blah, blah, blah. They both have really good jobs, so it's not that big of a deal. And I, it's a really large farmhouse. On land, yeah. it's everybody's dream. I just so. hate driving that much. That that would be Two hell. hours every day. That would be hell. I, In I, a waterbed van.
2: I hate my 20-minute commute to work
1: exactly hate it that's understandable i hate my five minute commute i feel like i'm
2: the only one that knows how to drive
1: you are the only one that knows how to drive stockton
2: that's right thank you very much for that
1: (laughs) that wasn't sarcastic at all he's not a bad driver though you're you're not as bad as jennifer jennifer i'm a a wonderful driver everyone else is stupid you drive so slow because i'm a careful driver
0: do you use both feet
1: I don't use both feet. Seriously,
0: I I know so many people are. They're all from Oklahoma, by the way. I don't know why, but Oklahomans use two feet to drive, and they're not—they're not not standard transmissions. There's no reason for this.
1: That's so weird. My boyfriend does that too, and I think it's always very odd. Where's he from? He's from here, Springfield, Missouri.
0: Mm, Hmm. But but his heart's in Oklahoma.
1: Maybe he's an Oklahoma boy deep. I always think think it's really weird whenever I see it, but whatever. Did anybody's parents ever tell them it was illegal to drive barefoot growing up? Yes,
0: everybody's parents told them that.
1: That is a lie. It is not illegal to drive barefoot. Yeah, not illegal to drive barefoot.
0: In the state of Missouri. In the state of Missouri.
1: The concern is that you'll take your shoes off and leave them so they get wedged under the gas pedal. Mm. But if you put your shoes in the passenger side, not illegal. Totally safe. I do it all the time.
0: I was told it was illegal to drive in flip-flops in driver's ed. By the guy who's supposed (laughs) to know... Not that I was, like, wearing a lot of flip-flops, but it right. was still... I was a little upset that he limited my
2: fashion choices.
1: That's yeah. ridiculous. Well, I'll be
2: honest, I still thought you couldn't drive barefoot.
1: Well... So, my dad swore up die. and down yep. and told me I was going to die in a car wreck. He was a very dramatic man. <laughs> Not even... Actually, he's really numb. <clears throat> like, he's really similar to Shelby, but he was very dramatic <clears throat> about this circumstance. So, I looked it like up I am, yeah. with the Googles when I was with younger. With the Googles, yeah. And I was like, Dad, you're wrong. And he wasn't pleased. <laughs> okay, so... Danny family they're having trouble in their marriage and they hope a move out of the city away from kind of the tensions and some of the stuff that they're dealing with could actually help resolve the situation so they visited the house several times um they had initially been looking at maybe like a summer house in the area but the real estate agent was like hey i've got this really great farmhouse you guys are gonna love it so they go visit everything is totally fine uh, they purchased the house for super cheap. I feel like it was like maybe sixty thousand dollars. Which Back then, s- that's, that's sixty
0: thousand nineteen seventy dollars. Well,
1: but it's for like a five bedroom farmhouse with acreage.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, oh, I mean sorry. that that makes sense and all, but at the same time, I mean sixty thousand nineteen seventy fun bucks or whatever that comes out to in today's economy. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's that's probably a three thousand three hundred thousand dollar house. Are you really. expecting
1: me to do math? Because I don't want to do math.
0: No, that's why I'm sitting here doing math.
1: Okay, perfect. Okay. He's the math person. You are definitely not the I math person. I am not person. the math person. I'm
0: also making up numbers. That helps That helps yeah. with the doing of the math.
1: Okay, so um, they're moving in in several small loads. Uh, kind of like you do when you have a little bit of time because they still have their house in Buffalo. Uh, it's mostly Clara and the kids making the trips. Clara's parents are really involved, so they're helping too. Um, and they've never noticed anything odd in the house. However, when the weekend comes for the big move, that they're leaving everything that they have in Buffalo behind and just kind of coming and settling. They walk into a front room full of bees. The mm-hmm. entire no. front room is full of a swarm of bees. So that's weird. Um, they call an exterminator, and the first thing he says to them is that it's really odd for bees to be swarming in July.
2: It's not odd, though, if Winnie the Pooh also lives in the house.
1: <laughs> well, so that... <clears throat> The thing about this book that was really interesting to me is it's written, like, as a journal. Mm. Right? Like, she is a diary keeper. And it's not just, these are all the crazy paranormal things that I experienced in my house. It's literally everything. Um, At one point, something kind of terrible happens to her daughter that I'll talk about later. Um, But in the next paragraph, she's talking about how she hopes said daughter realizes how much this boy likes her and they start dating. Like, Mm. it's literally just word vomit out of her head onto this page. So
0: But the boy was a ghost. Spoiler. (laughs) The boy
1: (laughs) was a ghost. Anyway, so that happens. Um the beekeeper comes and he's like, This is odd. But it's not really that odd. Granted, bees don't swarm in July. I did a little deep dive on a beekeeping website because I was curious. Um what it can mean is that there were two queens in a hive at one point, and so the hive split. And they don't normally do it that late in the season because they could run out of, you know, food, honey. Mm-hmm. But it can happen. So that's probably what they ha- happened to this swarm of bees. And they did eventually find a queen in the ceiling. Like at one point they had honey dripping out of their ceiling in the front room. It's pretty gross.
0: Sounds amazing.
1: <laughs> I don't think you could eat it at that point. Like if it's got drywall or something in it, watch, you could watch
0: me. <laughs> watch watch me in.
1: eat my honey yeah, out of the ceiling. Poison? The asbe- oh yeah, there mm-hmm. might be asbestos. It was the me- seventies.
0: Mesothelium wasn't exi- wasn't <gasps> invented by that, point, so it's fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so between July of 1970 and the winter of 1970, nothing too crazy happens. Um, the family dogs start bringing up these large bones to the house. They don't really think a lot about it. Um, before they purchased it, the house's former owners had torn down an old barn and had a pond dug. There was, like, a little bit of a spring there before, so it's still, like, fresh water. But, you know, it's a new pond that they the kids were really looking forward to swimming in and ice skating on and everything like that. Um, the Dandy family had just assumed that the dogs had pulled the bones from around the pond, like there had been, you know, dead cow bones or something around the barn. Um, or maybe finding them in the woods, they would just take these large bones away from the dogs and throw them away. In retrospect, she's kind of wondering maybe if that hadn't been the best life choice. Um, I personally think you'd probably be able to tell the difference between a cow bone and a human bone pretty easily. But, who knows. Maybe. So, during this time frame, also, there was an excessive amount of pets that started dying in the house. Like, when they moved out to the farm, they were super excited to have all the space. They had a bunch of dogs, you know, different farm animals. Um, But the ones that were living in the house were the ones that were affected. Um, In, like, a six-month period, the family lost two finches, one canary, one dog, three guinea pigs, a raccoon, a chipmunk, and one cat that was somehow locked in a dryer. Which they swear up and down that there was nothing in the dryer. There were no clothes in the dryer. It was literally just the cat was trapped in the dryer and it started.
0: The, oh. That's what happens when you make an ecosystem in your own home. Like, <laughs> right. Survival So the fittest starts playing out and suddenly the guinea pigs have gone missing it, because the hawk got them or whatever the <laughs> hell else. Whatever animals true. survived this ate the rest of the animals, I assume. So
1: it got to the point that the, their family vet or whatever was like, you probably shouldn't keep animals in the house.
0: Or just in general. You're not responsible enough to keep animals. You just can't
1: have... You can have four kids, but you can't have any animals. Sorry. Smart. Hmm. So, in the winter of 1971, so they lived in the house for a little over a year, Clara is driving in town to pick up the kids from a school dance. There's a lot of this driving back and forth. Uh, I think that the closest town was probably 15, 20 minutes away. Growing up on a farm, that's not really anything to get into town, but you'll you see later on, they probably should just stay at home. Like, don't go by bother driving after dark, because it gets crazy. Um, as she's driving, she sees something dangling down from a tree over the road, and what she sees is in the form of a human shape with a hood. Hmm. As she drives underneath of it, it disappears, and she doesn't see it again. So. So she thinks she, like, imagined that, probably. Yeah, basically. At least at first, yeah. <laughs> now, on the way back home from the dance... Clara and the kids, uh, it was Mike and Beth, they're all in an accident. The kids are uninjured, but Clara suffered from whiplash, and she actually had to quit her job, which was well paying at the university. So they're down to one income now. Um, She hoped that she could kind of find something a little bit local, but her injuries were severe enough that she couldn't work. So instead of causing less stress, causing more stress, because they're short on cash. So starting that summer... The Dandy family would hear singing and chanting around the woods in their house. And when it started, it was only at night, and they would take their friends out to listen. Um, It was actually really pretty. She said it kind of sounded like um, hymns that you would hear in a Catholic church. But they had friends that, you know, were raised in a Catholic church, had attended Catholic school, spoke a little bit of Latin, and they couldn't recognize what they were saying. Um,
2: It's a siren song.
1: It's crazy. So then. Once that happened, they went out and listened to it. it. would bring people to be like, oh, isn't this weird that we've got all this stuff? It's almost like they were kind of giving whatever was happening more power because it started happening during the day, too. Hmm. Um, and it would get louder, and then sometimes it just sounded like screaming. So.
0: But like beautiful screaming. No, apparently. not – yeah. Oh, okay. It wasn't, it wasn't pretty anymore. Towards the
1: end, it wasn't pretty anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was also during the summer that the family started feeling what they referred to as the umbrella – and the best description that I read in, like, any of it, in the book, online, anything, is that, like, you know, when it's getting ready to storm, and there's just pressure outside, right? Like, you can tell that, like, there's something in the air. It's like that. But on top of that, it's just all this anxiety. And it makes people really angry and tense. Um, Mike talks about how, at one point, he goes into, and this is later on, but he goes into the kitchen... And he felt like he ran into a brick wall between him and his mom. And he just thought she was angry the rest of the night. And she's like, I wasn't angry. There was nothing wrong with me. It just, I felt the same way about Mike too, that he just seemed really upset. So it would affect everybody. Um, But up until a certain point, it couldn't ever push past their front porch. Like you could stand on the front porch and be totally fine. You'd walk off the French porch and you'd be super just stressed out and depressed. The French porch? The front porch. (laughs) There were French doors on the front oh, porch. Oh, right, right. And yeah. there was an umbrella, and it's a whole thing. And a French porch. And a French porch. Yes. And Everyone's going to have one. It's going to be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, towards the end of June in 1973... The, guys, this is, there's a lot of stuff that happens to yes. this family. It's crazy. Uh, the family would hear loud bangs and screams from outside the house. Like, it would seem like someone was banging on the windows, but they would go look outside and they wouldn't see anybody. Um... Finally, one night, the front door, screen door, like for the screen and porch, Mm -hmm. was completely ripped to shreds. And that happened the night before 4th of July. So, on the 4th of July was the first occurrence of something actually happening in the house. And on that day, a large milk glass lamp, which I don't know if you guys know what that is, but it's kind of like the white, milky looking glass. It's really thick and really heavy. It's kind of, you see it a lot in old-timey houses. Um... It was thrown across Mary's room while she was just sitting at her desk. It shattered all over the floor.
2: Well, she was the ghost was mad that they weren't out celebrating the Fourth of July
1: like real Americans. Yeah. yeah. Yes, they'd actually had a party earlier that day, so yeah, this is like okay. in the evening. I'm just okay. saying.
2: This, yeah, you're supposed to be shooting off fireworks.
1: Be patriotic.
2: And if you're not going to, I'm going to smash your head in with a lamp.
1: <laughs> I'm going to cause my own kind of fireworks, yeah. and it's called milk glass explosion. Exactly. Again,
0: great band name. <laughs>
1: The next night, uh, a large stack of board games were stacked on top of the son's chest while he slept. And he didn't put them there. So, like, when he woke up, he, like, startled. Oh, he didn't put them there? He <laughs> didn't put them there. It's, like, them. tall.
0: It's the weirdest sleepwalker.
1: It really is. <laughs> um, and a letter opener was shoved through Mary, the youngest communi- communion photo. Oh, I thought, I I thought was you like, like we married. <laughs> right. I was like,
0: I think we should have led off with getting stabbed by a letter opener.
1: But. I'm gonna say right now, no one gets stabbed. Uh,
0: you just ruined the rest of the story. Sorry Thank you. Guys. For that. I was
1: looking forward to the stabbings. That's no. unfortunate. So lucky for the Dandy family, they actually had a family reunion scheduled for that weekend. And it just so happens that they have a Catholic priest as a cousin. There you go. His name's Father Bob. He's a real sweetie. <laughs> you don't know that. No, his name really isn't Bob. No, I don't, you don't know, know that, that he's, he's a, sweetie. a sweetie. Hey, Catholic priest could be sweeties sweetie. Sure. Anyway, <laughs> so he's like, you know what? I believe you guys. I will come and look at your house. So they walked through. He kind of, like, was acting kind of weird, and he sits down at the kitchen table, and he is spooked the fuck out. Like, he's like, I can't help you. There's nothing I can do. I can say a prayer now, but you need a specialist. Yes. There's a specialist Like he just in knew just by Church. going through that the, the, the house? house was that. You'll that happens a lot. Like people will come through and just get the weirdest feelings. But at that house. point when there's like some yep. you know, things thrown across the room, etc. Yep. Bob's like, nope, can't do it. <laughs> He's like, nope. Sorry guys, I know your family, but I will mm. help you out. Um but he knew a guy. He knows a guy that can help him. Right. So I'll I'll get you in contact with this dude.
0: Father Frank or Who's uh,
1: Father Jethro. Say, can,
0: can, can we get up into the Latin names just yeah. so we know that he, they're serious the about kind this? Of, yep. Okay.
1: Um, so that night, the umbrella, like he said a prayer for the family, you know, touch the kids' heads, whatever it is the Catholic priests do, said a crossy thing. <laughs> <laughs> said a crossy thing. Like this thingy. What is that? The little head thing?
0: I, all I heard was touch the kids and whatever the Catholic priests do. <laughs>
1: uh so that night, the umbrella officially crossed the fre- threshold of the house and would have full access to all of the family members. It They never really felt at peace at the, in their house after that point. i going hmm. to pray, Bob. Like, White elf, give yeah. it, you know, access. It just pissed him off, probably. Pro- yeah, I mean, like, like, there's a priest in here. I don't like this. Up until this point, nothing actually happened really in the house. The milk glass thing through there was some stacking, but there was nothing crazy. Right. So it all all the really scary stuff that happened outside the house. Mm. Screaming, chanting, like you do. Um, so on July twelfth of nineteen seventy-three, Father Bob comes back and he brings back Father Alfonso. Mm.
0: We're getting a little closer here. Yeah, yeah, a little
1: bit. That he's the only other priest that shows up, you guys. Catholics don't care about this after this point.
2: It's Alphonsus.
1: Alphonsus, Alfonso. Alphonsus. Alphonsus. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, after the house tour, and he sat down with the whole family, and uh, the father tells Clara and Phil that he believes that they're dealing with a poltergeist. So, does anybody know what the difference between a poltergeist and a ghost is?
0: Physical manifestation. Poltergeist is no. mean. No.
1: <laughs> Didn't you? I think you told me before that a poltergeist feeds off of angsty teenagers. <laughs> That's not wrong. Exactly. Yes. Okay, so a poltergeist um, is generally to believe, like, a ghost is the spirit of someone who has died, right? And they've imprinted on the place. Like, whatever has happened to them made them not want to leave. Maybe they don't realize they're dead, whatever. But it's an actual person. Uh, Poltergeists are just energy that are created by chaotic or stressful situations. And that's why a lot of times you see it around children and teens – Because they have so much excess energy and their body chemistry is constantly changing. And so they think that all of that emotion that you can't control and, like, the crazy rage of being a teenager, like, just comes out of your body. And you are open to, like, projecting this poltergeist onto the world, basically. So, now if a kid dies before the situation is rectified, the spirit of the kid can be a poltergeist, too, I Mm. guess.
2: Like Carol Ann from the poltergeist movie.
1: Yes. They're here. Just like that. So um, that is what Father Alphonse.: Alphonsus Alphonsus says is going on here is that there's a poltergeist, which makes sense because there are literally a million teenage kids in the dandy home They're at not any given time. Literally so a million kids. That's they what I have mean. there are four. <clears throat> they have four kids. But, they live out in the middle of nowhere, and they always wanted to be the family that you could go to and hang out. So, as, like, more hauntings and stuff happen, you will see that there are at least four kids in the house at any given time that are not their kids. They're just friends of their kids. They have a New Year's party at one point where they say that the front room is full wall-to-wall with kids in sleeping bags. And the kids are all around the same age, so they've got, I mean, like, the girls will hang out with boys that are friends with Mike, that there's, like, a love triangle at one point. Like, this Echoes of a Haunting Book reads like a teenage soap opera. Stockton, you would love it. He would, There's so much teen drama in here. You wouldn't even know what to do with yourself. Is there
2: a TV show with it? No, there's not. He won't read that, then. No, I don't read.
1: Okay, cool. So, you would think, too, if you have a haunted house with all these (laughs) crazy shit happening... Like, right. why are you having guests over? They have guests over be... all the time. I would all be so time. embarrassed. If my by house
2: that, was haunted, I, think... I would want people to come over, so I you wouldn't be scared so? alone. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Huh?
0: Well, yeah, but it just I don't know the the wall to wall teenagers just sounds like a really horny ghost, and that sounds like <laughs> the last thing you want on your hands. You
1: don't want horny ghosts, right? No.
0: Yeah. You're gonna get a you're gonna get a milk lamp <laughs> where the sun don't shine or whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. So on July seventeenth. Clara has a conversation with a psychic. Uh, since this has been happening, they have random psychics show up at their house who just know that something's going on. What? Yeah, they're it's just crazy. walking by and they're like, "What do you oh. mean? that house? That house right there, haunted as fuck. Right? That place is a shit Wait, show. So I should go in. I should go in and they're get a They're just like traveling, across, like <laughs> going across the yeah. road and it's like, hey, get random phone calls. That fucking house is creepy. I want to go up and tell them. I'm gonna tell Maybe them. Maybe they don't about know. <laughs> in case you didn't know. Have you heard of our Lord and Savior house. Okay, so the psychic calls her. Calls her on the phone, and she's like, just so you know. How did she get her number? (laughs) Phone books? She
0: she was flipping through a phone book and felt something.
1: Right. (laughs) Oh, no. She tells her that Clara, the mom, is the one enabling the power. So it's actually all Clara's fault that all these bad things are happening. And she calls her on the phone and tells her this. And tells her this. What a (laughs) bitch!
0: I'm sure the teenagers Get have been telling her that business. for days, though. I mean, the teenagers have been like, Mom, it's all your fault. And she's like, no!
1: <laughs>
0: and then a the psychic calls, and it's like, just hangs up on him. I'm like, I'm done with this crap.
1: This is some bullshit. Exactly. Um, so in her actual book, at this point, she talks about how she'd already been under a lot of stress because of, like, the car accident and everything. She's lost about 50 pounds and is down to 98 pounds. Mm. Um And it's that afternoon, like, I brought it up because she actually has a breakdown to the point that, like, Phil doesn't want to leave her alone with the kids because she's babbling incoherently, she's crying, she's all over the place. So, some people have thought that maybe a lot of this has to do with, I mean, Clara not being the most mentally stable place in her life. Like, she kind of, after all this happens, does get her shit together, so who knows? But, I mean, she does have a really close, loving relationship, it seems like, with all of her kids after this, so... But she's also having these random uh, psychics just, like, tell her her that it's her fault. She's like, I'm a piece of shit now, I guess.
0: (laughs) just excuse me, ma'am. It seems you're a bad mother. Just wanted to let you know. (laughs)
1: Just wanted to let you know. Yeah, exactly. In case you didn't know. Um, Late in July, the kids are out playing by the pond. The girls are outside with some of their friends, of course, like you do. And they see this red-haired woman dancing on the opposite side of the pond from them. Uh, She's got long red hair. She's wearing a dress that looks like it's made of curtains and what they mean by that is it's like really like gossamery like thin and flowy like kind of like you'd almost expect like a tunic or rope to be sort yeah. of um and they can't really agree to it, but they said that her eyes kind of look like they're bulging out a little and that she has long teeth Wait they they saw this all from across what the pond the pond ponds aren't very big I guess so I mean it's like it could be decent size.
2: And this is after taking LSD, obviously. Right. Obviously, yeah. It was the 1970s.
1: It's What are you going to do? It
2: was a different time, Michael.
1: <laughs> um, the family is so disturbed by the dancing woman that they actually call Father Owl. That's what I'm going to call him from now on as Father Owl, just should. so you know. That uh, he comes and he blesses the house again because they're so stressed out by this. Because it worked That'd, so well the first yeah, time. Oh, yeah, it did a really great time. job. Um, the daughter Laura later says that she's seen this woman in her dreams. A couple of times. And every time she sees her, she tells her that she's going to die young. Oh. Yes. Isn't that sad? Wait, this happens after they see this They find... Laura tells them this after Father Alphonse... Father Owl comes and blesses the house. It all comes out later. Oh.
2: Okay.
1: So, who knows? If it's something that she's just made up, or if she's actually experiencing it, or the trauma of seeing a red-haired, bug-eyed woman with buck teeth... Um, haunts her in her dreams. Right.
0: I was imagining a little like scarier, demon teeth. But yeah, buck teeth, sure. Yeah. Buck fun, teeth, proud teeth.
1: <laughs> it's really crazy. So on August 12th, Beth and Clara see a woman with long dark hair looking in the window. But even though they're in the bedroom, they can't really tell if she's inside the ha- room or outside of the house. And this happens a couple of times that they see faces looking in the window, but when they get closer to the window, they can't tell if like the person's inside or outside. I don't. I don't really understand what that means. Yeah, but it sounds spooky as fuck. Oh yeah, I do understand
2: that I would be moving out of the house (laughs) at this point.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So on August thirteenth, the family sits down with a local newspaper to do an interview. Um, The newspaper guy is actually like the ex-husband of one of their cousins, and this kind of kicks off like a relationship with the media and the public. The family has been talking about moving for a long time, and they think maybe a little bit of like exposure about the house will maybe get some interest in it.
0: Was he Father Bob's ex? No, that's the only cousin I know so far. So.
1: Oh, they're a so big family. family. <laughs> okay, gotcha. he's he's a dandy newspaper man. Oh. See what I did there? That's
0: at least the twenties all of a sudden. <laughs> all right, flashback forward to nineteen seventy
1: when there was a barn and dead bodies. Okay, so in late August uh the fi- family finds out that two boys that are mike's friends and that had been hanging out at the house for a while um have been doing nightly patrols of their land hoping to kind of catch the person that has me- pulling these pranks because a lot of people still don't believe it's a true thing that's happening um on that night they swore up and down that they saw phil walk out of the house make eye contact with them then walk toward where the barn used to stand and then just stand there in the dark So they followed him, and when they reached to the point where they saw him standing, he was gone. (laughs) Oh. He's a wizard. (laughs) He's obviously a wizard. (laughs) Phil was at work that night. Oh. And never made the one-hour trek home until the next morning. So. Okay. That's an issue.
2: (laughs) That's an issue.
1: On August 31st, a car full of teen tourists, because by this point, once the, the story wrote... In the newspaper people were just showing up at the farm randomly they would drive out there they would try and see you know take pictures and when they wouldn't let them in the actual house they'd get really upset
0: and then look in their windows
1: and then look in their windows but then are they on the inside or are they on the outside shelby hard telling who knows so this night a car full of teen tourists traveling to the farm you like that alliteration yes I loved nice. it. um
2: it makes me sick to my stomach
1: they claim that a young man <laughs> ran out in front of their car They ran him over, and then he got up from underneath the car and ran across the field toward the dandy house. Oh. They called the police. Police showed up. There, nobody ever found, but the guy was so scared, and they told that story to a ton of people, including the newspaper. So even more people showed up to the dandy house hoping to run over a shadow boy.
2: But (laughs) you had to take LSD at the beginning of the driveway. Right. Before you could get to the house.
1: Yes. It's a long driveway. It's a really long driveway.
2: It is. So then Labor
1: Day weekend was the weekend the family considered, like, the day that all hell broke loose in the house. Like, things were never the same in the house after this. Um, The girls have been talking about these scratching noises coming out from the crawl space. Like, from my understanding, the dandy house is actually really weird in the fact that their crawl space is, like, Less of a crawl, like when I think of a crawl space, I think of like a basement, right? Theirs is almost like an attic upstairs. It's like right up against where the fireplace is, where the bricks are, and so when you go up the stairs, there's like a tiny door, and you get back there. So kind of like a room under the eaves. Oh,
0: any space you can crawl in is a crawl space, really. But... Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I guess in my head, I kept that. thinking
1: it was like downstairs, but this isn't. This is upstairs. Hmm. That becomes important later on. Um, so they've been hearing scratching sounds coming in from the crawl space, um, and hadn't been sleeping well and just the whole family was kind of on edge. So they decide to have family friends over for a picnic dinner. Obviously.
2: Well, Ghost is upset that they didn't celebrate 4th of July hard enough, so they better celebrate Labor Day and if not, the house is coming down.
1: So they're sitting around downstairs, you know, chatting, having a great time, whatever, and suddenly they hear footsteps upstairs and their guests are like, man who is being so noisy upstairs what the crap they realize there's no one upstairs so their family friend runs upstairs and opens the door to the room where they heard the footsteps and just a cold blast of air comes out so he's like well that's cool shuts the door and comes back downstairs
2: (laughs) he's let the ghost downstairs
1: good job guys uh, Phil decided that he wouldn't be going to work that weekend because everything that, like, was going on at the house, like, with our friends there and all the noises, he just didn't feel comfortable leaving his family. So to try to convince him that everything would be fine, he and Claire are like, we're going to walk the grounds, we're going to make sure that nothing weird happens, and, you know, if you feel more comfortable after that, then you can go ahead and go to work. Because if he was already missing work with everything medically that was going on with the family as well as the weird appearances, and he didn't want to lose his job. So... Uh, they do a quick patrol, and as they turn back towards the house, they see a strawberry blonde girl in a bonnet standing in the window of her, their daughter's room. None of their kids are blonde. They're like, what the shit? So they run back to the house. Um, they heard the youngest daughter scream. They go down to her. She's downstairs. The cellar door that the family keeps locked at all times is open, and there's cold air blowing out of it. Could the daughter have opened it? Yes. Our basement's cold. Yes. yes. Who knows? So after that, Phil goes upstairs and found out that all the lights that they'd left on and had been on when they ran back to the house were out. Uh, he then turned on the lights, um, looked in the crawl space, and saw that all of the bricks that were like beside the fireplace that had been neatly mortared. Were taken apart and moved to the opposite side of the room and stacked up i know it's weird you guys are so shocked this is insane so shocked so they nothing surprised me at this point it's crazy <laughs> so father owl is called again he makes some rounds around the house when he gets there and when clara phil and father owl get to the pond they again see the red-haired woman dancing they run around to the other side to see her, to get close to her, figure out what she's doing. By the time they get there, she's gone, but the ground is noticeably cold where she was standing. It's Labor Day weekend. It's real hot outside. So you'd think the ground would be kind so, of Hold on, days. they're
0: running around the pond to get to this woman, and she did she just vanish, or did she they vanishes. lose sight of her in the scope of this giant pond? She
1: vanishes. It's not a giant pond. It's kind of a small pond. That's
0: that's why I'm asking. It's As a barn-sized we pond. But we were confused about the size of this woman's teeth and how they could see that for <laughs> But I'm thinking they're running straight at her around the corner of a pond, and they look away for a brief moment, and I she's gone. Yeah, I yeah.
1: Do.
0: I'm just trying to understand the scope of the
2: pond.
1: It's That's... not. It's not. It's not a puddle. It's a little bigger than a puddle. It's not lake sized. It's the size roughly that a barn was, because they oh, tore down yeah, the barn yeah. to pull the pond. So, gotcha. yeah. I didn't look at it on Google Maps to correctly assess the size of the pond but you should have known that we would have questions i should have i really should have expected it topography is very important to history it really is yeah okay so just to sum up at this point the dandy family and father owl have seen a number of spirits it's the old farmer or black shadow man which is the one that got hit by the car right um there's a young boy that early on they saw walking around in the woods with a gun (laughs) he just disappears too There's the red-haired woman, and there's the strawberry blonde woman. They also see dark shapes kind of like just lurking around the house, but those don't have any actual physical form. So, there's that. Uh, Father Al decides to bring another psychic into the house. His name is Alex. Um, She refers to him as Alex T, and the way that he's talked about, it makes me think that he's probably pretty famous in the right circles, but... I kind of looked into the time frame and, you know, Alex and the dandy thing and everything. I never actually found what his last name was or any more information of him, about him. Trebek. It probably was Alex Trebek. Yeah. Obviously. But if anybody out there does, I think that he probably has a pretty interesting story. I know she also mentioned that he died young. Um, so if you know what that is or what his last name is, hit us up on social media because I'd love to hear about it. So. Uh, He does a quick tour of the house, and he tells the family that he saw seven total spirits, and some are clearer than others. He sees one man that was stabbed, one woman who was drowned. What? Why are you looking at me like that? Because you said no one is going to get stabbed. He saw a spirit that was stabbed. (laughs) No one actually in the family got stabbed. He was stabbed many, many moons ago. That's ancient history now. There was one man that was beaten to death. One young woman, she's strawberry blonde, she was attacked and brutally killed. And there's one elderly woman who had died recently. The dandies believe this is the former owner. She lived in the house for a long time, um, but had moved out due to health issues, and never really talked about her time in the house. So what about these other two? Well, there are some that are clearer than others. Oh, okay. So he can't get a good read on those. <clears throat> Alex goes on to explain that the dandy to the dandies that about a hundred years before the house had been used to store the bodies of people that were murdered on a stagecoach and that they were buried somewhere on the property. He said when he looked, looked in air quotes, looked into Mm -hmm. the crawl space, he had seen bodies stacked up like firewood. So the bandits would keep the bodies there, keep them in the crawl space and then hide the bodies as they could on the, on the farm property. Did you research to see if, like, a lot of the reason why there's, like, weird spirits and, like, demon-like, uh, things, I guess, um, is it because that something happened in the house or something like that that's, like, bad or viewed as, you know, demonic or something like that? Alex requested two things at the family. One is that they look for the bodies, like, look for graves, and two is for them to look into the house, and according to Clara... The records of the house were pretty much incapable of finding. She couldn't get any information from the family that they bought it from, and there were no records that she could find. So, what I did
0: with my spring break.
1: <laughs> research dead house body things. That didn't make any sense. <laughs>
0: but you tried, and that's what counts. I
1: did. I'm sorry. But I'm currently reading um, a story about um, the haunting in Connecticut, and that's exactly what they said is that nothing that the current homeowner did brought the spirits there and Mm -hmm. but it was more like what happened before in the house where it was um this guy um that owned a funeral home which is the house that's standing there now it's that he was kind of he was necro he was a necrophiliac or whatever um, but yeah, he, he did cracked open cold ones. Sarah preferred yeah. nomenclature. <laughs> cracked open. So that you itself. got onto me, but you didn't get onto Shelby for cracked open cold ones. Oh, it's a double standard, oh, sir. Oh. <laughs> double standard. <laughs> it's
2: because Shelby's a guy, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, but anyway, yeah. So that's what they claim is the reason why they're experiencing these hauntings. I guess is because the that happened in the house therefore it just kind of stays there and Mm -hmm. keeps haunting well and i wondered too if like if these things happened um like alex said that they did if the house was kind of quiet for a while because no one was living there it was just like an older lady that it was used to it and could deal with whatever and then they have kind of like these people in high stress situations that are just amping up the energy that makes sense plus they got catholic priests on call who knows teenagers
2: both stories
0: The old lady was just happy for the company. She was like, oh, good, my friends are back. And everybody else, they just keep inviting people (laughs) over all the time. The spirits are like, dude, go away. Let's just hang
1: out and be friends. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So the house is quiet for a couple weeks. And then Mike gets into a really bad car accident. That's the oldest son, Mike. He almost dies. Um. They see him at the scene and he's really pale and he tells his parents and the police that someone had been in the car with him. The police take that to mean that there was an additional passenger, but there was no one else at the scene and Mike doesn't remember ever saying that. Hmm. Um, he has to stay in the hospital for about a month, but he does he does recover. Um, there's a little bit of like injury to his eye and he has some issues like remembering things for a bit, but overall he's a lot. He's, he turns out fine from it, but his car was totaled um one week after mike gets out of the hospital a family friend slash ex-boyfriend of one of the daughters gets into a near fatal accident while heading home from visiting the farm um and he almost dies as well he has like two broken legs i think and he's he's not in a good shape he's in a wheelchair for a while does he remember what happened uh no he doesn't Mm. remember anything from the accident convenient i know then in mid December, two boys that knew the family showed up to volunteer, looking for graves. Um, as they're driving down to kind of look over closer to like the campground that they call it, uh, their car went off the road, flipped over, and bo- both boys were seriously injured. So this family does not have good luck with cars or with driving or anything. They Luckily, they had seventy-eight
0: home. children, so the odds. So are they're in just their all favor. replaced. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so at the beginning of December, Beth, the second oldest child, starts hearing voices calling her name from outside of her window. No one else hears them. Uh, she's also starts sleepwalking, and when she goes into these crazy trances, she's didn- generally doing something. Like she's kneading bread, or she's throwing a ball, or, you know, something like that. And she can only be awakened using smelling salts.
0: I heard you say kneading bread, and I thought you meant... She walked into the kitchen and was like, I require bread.
1: (laughs) I'm so hungry. I thought you said eating bread. No, kneading, like baking bread. That makes
0: sense. Kneading bread. Kneading.
1: The K is silent. So on December 18th, Beth tries to kill herself. Twice beth is which one beth is the one that's been needing bread right like she's hungry they're starving her and she tries to kill herself yeah um one time she does it by trying to jump out of a second story window in the girl's bathroom and she's stopped by a friend and the other time she's literally strangling herself until her throat is bruised and she passes out she does it in a like band room basically full of kids
0: did you say this was both in the same day?
1: This is in the same day. Oh, oh wow! So
0: no one decided to keep an eye on Beth after yeah. the initial.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> and I win. guess like we got I more mean, kids. It's fine. Second story window. Like pff, whatever. You won't die probably. Mm. But yeah, but they—they're not. I mean, they're concerned about it. But that's December eighteenth on New Year's Eve. They'd have decided to have a huge New Year's party. Like, you should stop having this party. You need to stop having these parties. Yeah. Were, um, I,
0: I hate to say it, but they, they were swingers. We know that, right? But
1: they're all kids. Yeah, they're not adults. They're not all kids. Some <laughs> <laughs> are of consent.
0: It's the 1970s. They were swingers.
1: Oh, jeez. Okay, so they decide to have a New Year's party, like you do when your house is haunted. Uh, you have a Catholic priest on call, and your older daughter is possibly possessed by a spirit that turns her eyes blue. Fun fact, whenever she was trying to hurt herself, her eyes turned bright blue. And they were what? Before? Normally brown. Sorry. Oh, right. Should clarify. No, not brown as, hair. Not brown eyes. as bright of blue. <laughs> <laughs> they were like a light hazel. Right. Um, so the kids are running around setting up for the summer party. And Beth, the one with the blue eyes, creepy, dizzy, slash brown, slash brown, brown eyes. eyes. Yeah. Um, just pulls a muscle in her back. She's in a lot of pain. So, not wanting to stop the party, the mom's like, here you go. Have a muscle relaxant. Just lay down for a bit. You'll be fine. 1970s parenting. Like you do. <laughs> yes. After about an hour, Beth pops up, so full of energy, and she wants to make a run into town with her brother. Uh, they have a couple of last minute items that they need to get. I think, like, they wanted stuff to make pizza dough, you know. In like, the middle of the party? Well, a, right before the party starts. Right before, okay. Yeah.
0: A fishbowl for all the keys.
1: For all the right. keys. Like, the things that you really need yeah. at a New Year's party. Yeah. Um, Clara thinks this is kind of weird because it's a, it's a good sleeping pill and it should have made Clara a little bit sleepy. Yeah. Not Clara, the daughter. Yeah. Beth. Sleepy, but she's just pumped. She's ready to go. Yeah. Right? So she's like, okay, go in town with your brother, weirdo, whatever. <laughs> good parenting. Like you do. Uh, when they get back, the boys are terrified because they tell them that now a blue-eyed Beth confessed to them on the way back that she'd actually taken 10 muscle relaxants when her mom wasn't looking. Oh. Yeah. She'd be knocked the fuck out. Well, so Clara knew this wasn't possible. One, because she looked in the pill bottle, and there's still a shit ton of pills. Right. And two, she would be unconscious if she took ten pills. Also, is anybody questioning the fact that she has blue eyes at this (laughs) point? Everyone's real concerned about it, but nobody's doing anything. What?
0: No one's ruining our party.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We have to have this party. So
0: Blue-eyed devil. (laughs)
1: Clara, you know, stops Beth and she's like, "What what are you doing? What are, how many pills did you take? What's going on?" Beth laughs, throws up and then passes out. <laughs> like, you like, like you do at a good is New normal. Year's party. Like do New Year's party. Yeah. So they rush her to the hospital. Um, she is as stiff as a board and talking a different language and when she opens her eyes they're bright blue. But they were blue before. Well, but they're like super blue. We're though. still surprised. <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> shocked. I know. Shocked. The hospital pumps her stomach, and they find no sign of drugs, no sign of alcohol. Um, the next day, she's pretty much back to normal, but the doctor that admitted her to the hospital, like, couldn't believe it was the same girl, because her eyes were brown. And he distinctly remembers what a bright blue, shade of blue they were. Supposedly. That's what, that's what Clara says right. in the book. You know, it might just be, you know. Moms being moms. But why did they say that to the doctor in the first place? I mean, like, yeah. hey, <laughs> she used to have brown eyes. Now she has blue eyes. What the fuck is and, this and about? She's tried
0: to kill herself twice today. And maybe why twice. are they
1: letting the doctor know this stuff? This is ridiculous. So. The doctor, the next day, as they're, like, getting ready to check her out of the hospital, is just, like, she tells him everything that's going on at the house, right? Like, everything that's going on with Beth. And he's like, well, if all of this is true, I think you guys need to look at buying a new house. Or getting out of getting the kids out of the house. And she goes, do you want to buy a house?
0: Yeah, I'm so glad this guy went to medical school. <laughs> that's the best diagnosis I've heard this entire story.
1: <laughs> what, what am I supposed to do? I'm trying to get my kids out of the house. Wouldn't have thought of that oh. before that suggestion. Um, So... Phil and Clara leave Beth at the hospital, and they return to their house full of kids. Because no one, you know, has gone home. No one called their parents to be like, "Hey, Beth almost overdosed on some drugs. I don't really want to stay the night here." Also, her eyes changed, her color. Eyes changed her color. She's really the fun. The Party time! Party must go on. <laughs> yes. So everybody's getting ready for bed when Mike's best friend Craig, who's a regular at the house, Supposedly, his grandpa is psychic, but evidently, everyone has someone in their family that's psychic.
2: What's the deal with all these psychics just coming out of the woodwork? Clara
1: actually says that in the book later on. She's like, "Does everybody related to some kind of psychic? This is getting ridiculous." That is ridiculous. So, this Craig kid goes into a trance, much like what Beg or Beth would do, right? All of the heavy wooden furniture in the house starts moving around. They say that it starts dancing around. They hold him down and wake him up with smelling salts, and the furniture just drops to the floor. All right. stop moving. Go, Craig. I think all these people are just on drugs. (laughs) I mean, come on. They're having parties all the time. (laughs) This is when it happens. They're on drugs. It's possible. It's possible. For sure. All right, so the very last... Like really big incident. Um is well, so the Alex psychic guy yeah. sends Beth a bracelet made of his hair. <laughs>
2: <it's>,
1: <laughs> is it like braided? Uh, I don't know. Know. like braided hair and then just wrapped around. I hope so. Oh God, I hope In so. In my head it is, for sure. Um
2: Dearest Beth. So
1: that's, yeah, that's that's the last one. Please get out, out of this
2: house. <laughs> I fear for your life.
1: So, he makes her this bracelet and everything stops happening to her. What? Yeah. No. He also has that, a voodoo doll Year's of her. That New thing was like the last big thing that happened to What's so house. special about this person's hair? It's the very it, powerful psychic. It's Alex next.
2: Trebek, dude.
1: Oh, right, right. <laughs> so I, I forgot. This. Um,
2: Is it real Alex Trebek or Will Ferrell Alex Trebek? Mm. Will Ferrell Alex Trebek.
1: Yeah. So, So, Mike obviously
2: thinks... turd
0: Ferguson. Yeah. <laughs> And he also had enough hair to make a bracelet out of it. So now I'm starting to think he was the person standing outside the window that they couldn't recognize, too. Oh,
2: right. He was the red-haired
0: girl across the pond. <laughs> right, everything comes back to Alice Trebek and a bunch of wigs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, Beth gets left alone by the spirits, but she drops out of high school that year to marry her brother's friend, Tim, and follow him when he joins the military. That's the one that the mom was like, oh, he's such a good boy hope she can get over this whole spirit thing and just lock that shit down. But does she really Solid just want to marry Beth. this guy so she can get the fuck out of that house? I think so. Honestly, I would. So, like, of four kids, three of their kids move out of the house at that point. So Beth goes and marries Tim. Mike has graduated high school. At this point, he's 17. Um, He joins the military, so he's gone. And then Laura the second youngest one, moves in with her grandparents in Buffalo and doesn't live with her parents again. So the dandy have, dandies have been actively trying to sell the house for about six months at this point and then it's foreclosed on. So they can't make the payments. The dad doesn't have a good job anymore. The mom doesn't have a job at all. There's nothing that they can do. So they take their youngest daughter and move to California. Uh, Phil and Clara eventually divorce, but neither experienced anything else with the paranormal after that point. So, Father Al uh, continued working on all sorts of paranormal things. He was actually one of the priests that the Warrens worked with on a regular basis. Um, he had disagreed with them a lot because he felt like they saw demons everywhere. And he <laughs> didn't—he did. didn't think that was actually the case, um, but he really appreciated, especially Lorraine Warren, like he thought she was a really good person. And up until his death, they they stayed close. Um, he appeared as an expert of psychic phenomena, ESP, and satanic cults on national television programs all through the 80s and 90s, and he stayed in contact with Clara of the Hinsdale House haunting until his death in two thousand five. So hmm. that's he he probably turned out the best out of all of them, honestly. Yeah. He was like a tenured professor, everything like that. So uh but now currently the house is owned by a local paranormal investigator named Dan Claus and they do training like, if you want to be a paranormal investigator, they actually offer classes at the house. But there's no more hauntings going on. Well, in the house. they still regularly hear sounds, see dark shapes. Um, there's EVP, all that stuff there. But there's never, they don't really ever see full body apparitions. Because um, they don't have the teenage angst. Man. Exactly, exactly. Or Alice Trebek. Or or, Alice Trebek. Yeah they do have um
2: the chanting
1: a bunch of videos online of like people being there and then there have been two of those big like paranormal tv shows that have gone and stayed the night there so i don't think that really like douchey bro one what's his name that wears the affliction shirts
2: i don't know oh what is his name i know what you're talking about he's the one that's like
1: Come at me, come at me ghost!
2: <laughs> and then when they do, he's upset.
1: <laughs> Let's scratch me, come on! Is that like Ghost Hunters or Ghost Adventures or something ghost like that? Ghost Hunters is the cool ones oh. where they're actually like plumbers <coughs> too or something. Okay. I don't really know. But yeah. I don't think he's ever been there, but people have, and it's been pretty cool.
0: You probably wasn't invited.
1: He, Yeah. Never they're understand. like, we don't want that dude here. Pff. Okay. Well, that's all I have. For the Hinsdale house. Dandy house, guys. It's a crazy story. Isn't that weird? Any thoughts? I think the weirdest thing is the eye-changing. Obviously. That's fucking weird. That is really weird. And that no one even thought it was weird. It's called
2: contacts, (laughs) Jennifer.
1: Right. Uh, I I,
0: I am a little... I'm still a little bothered by that. The doctor's like, wow, what beautiful blue eyes on this demon or whatever. And then... (laughs) In the course of all this, he she wakes up the next morning and he's like, "Now hold on a second.
1: <laughs> That's less. Appealing. I need to
0: call the Winchesters.
1: <laughs> but also that braided hair necklace. Oh, bracelet. bracelet. Sorry, it's a bracelet. Well, and I That's guess ridiculous. Alex he had told a her
0: necklace he would have given her. Probably. Well,
1: he was probably wearing the necklace and she was wearing the bracelet. Cause oh, the best friends. yeah, yeah. Mm. Awesome. Um, he warned her that someone would try and take it from her. That's how they would know it was working if someone tried to take it from her. And I guess the first time she wore it to school, her gym teacher was like, you can't wear a fucking bracelet in gym, but a bracelet <laughs> I mean, of hair. He was probably like, you're a fucking psycho. We need to get this off of you. And Clara was just like, that's how we knew. That's how we knew Alex was for real. Oh, yeah. For right. sure. Someone tried to take it from her the first time she wore it. Yeah, oh, the ghosts ghost were
0: in cahoots with the gym teacher,
1: obviously. <laughs> obviously. Did, did the gym teacher have blue her. eyes? Mm, that's the question i don't know all right awesome well this has been fun guys it has it has uh if you have questions comments or concerns please feel free to reach out with us on our social media we are on instagram facebook and you can always email us at queencitycreeps at gmail.com thanks and we'll see you soon bye